Guys, here's episode number four of the weekly roundup, catching up on the headlines, results, and rankings from the professional and college squash game. Covered this week, the big mystery on why we didn't record this past Sunday night. We talk about the World Cup, the other somewhat famous international sport. We followed the action on the PSA Tour that's going on in Asia right now. We share a brief update about James Wilstrop and the new role he's added to his resume. And in college squash, talk about the progress of a great coach who's been helping his team rise through the ranks. And that's Pat Kosker at Hobart, William, and Smith. Don't forget to send in your fan questions or comments, and we might read them on the air. You can reach out to us at squashradio at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. What about this? This call is being recorded. Oh, man. All right. Ready for the holidays, Connor? Come on, let's get this out ready? so uh, people could listen to on their on their travels to grandmas. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hey, fans, we are back for another edition of The Roundup, catching up on the weekly headlines, results from the professional squash tour and college squash. Bill, you're here. Good to see you. I've been here since Sunday night, Connor. Um, you were supposed to record on Sunday. I plugged in, sat here. I've still been sitting here. My wife's like saying, "Are you going to come? Are you going to come out of the podcast studio?" Uh, I said, "Well, Connor and I record every Sunday night. It's Sunday night, and uh, where you were weren't you? there. So where where were where were you, Connor? Where were you?" I was uh, on the road, traveling from Boulder, Colorado, to Washington D.C., which is um, one thousand seven hundred miles. Storm, uh, storming the Capitol like a year later is that like an anniversary <laughs> deal or what? I got the uh, I got the memo late. No. Um, I'm also not a fan of driving uh, at all, mm-hmm. and uh, so that was a lot of miles to do in a very short period of time. But uh, I'm, I'm excited. You have an electric car, don't you? Don't you have uh, one of the uh, the guy who owns Twitter's car? It, yeah, it's it's uh, so it does help with the drive, but um, then you got to deal with the charging and all that. So anyway, there a lot of lot of time on the road. Um, some people have no problem with it. I I I, I struggle. How many? But, time, I got it done. How many stops did you make sleepover, and how many times did you have to charge? I ended up doing. Um, uh, three nights, so take uh, three and a half days of uh, of actual driving mm-hmm. at the charge about twelve times. Oh Jesus! In total, no chance I could do yeah. that. Yeah, and and it usually goes from like anywhere from fifteen minutes to sometimes a long charge would be forty minutes. If you can get a hotel that lets you charge overnight, that's really helpful. And yeah. so you uh, you have now lived in Connecticut, Cincinnati, Boulder, Colorado, and now you're back to Washington D.C. What brings you to Washington D.C., Connor O'Malley? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I've taken on a new role as uh, director of athletics at the University Club of DC. Whoa, so. Connor's got a job. Connor's got a job. <laughs> welcome back to welcome back to the role of tax you know taxpayer in the United States, Connor. Welcome. Y- yeah, welcome yeah, back. exactly. Well, it um, and it's just nice. To, I think I shared. I was city shopping, so to speak. On the list was Denver, Chicago, DC, and Austin, Texas. But um, in the rose ceremony, uh, DC won, and I, I couldn't be more thrilled. You said that to me today on the phone about the rose ceremony. I had no idea what you were talking about, and I still don't, to be honest with you. So it's it's a reference to a TV show, I'm sure. This is a rare rare moment where I have like a pop culture reference that you don't. But, yeah, um, it it's be. just from the Bachelor series. They would do an illumination, and then 
basically if you got a rose you move through to the next round so <laughs> there's no in a zillion years i wouldn't i mean i didn't even know who the wilder twins were when sabrina was on the show there's no chance Winkle, of, Winkle. the, the winkle no. twins what's their names the the the, the twins weasley the weasley twins yeah exactly i don't even know who they were never mind with a bachelor but well yeah. well well welcome back to east coast i'm, I'm sure this will make our sunday nights uh that we will regularly do right because sunday won't be a busy I'm, day i'm in i'm trying to I'm going to make this a priority. All right. All right. This is a, uh, this, I, I mean, I enjoy doing this. It's much easier than doing the long winded ones and then listen to the PJ drone on for hours upon end. And no well, we got to get those going back too. Cause uh, uh, I yeah. like those. Yeah. But, um, I'm already going to queue you up for your joke because I am not prepared. I'm not prepared for this episode. I basically have been driving, uh, zoned out or catching up on work and, and drinking from a fire hose. So how could you catch up on work when you didn't even start your job yet? Oh, I, I was I started last week. I was doing it remotely. Oh, okay, all right. Well, so do emails. Okay. Well, um, congratulations. Uh, lucky for you, as usual, I am prepared. So um, I thought you were going to say something like, "Well, I normally carry the show anyway." No, I don't. So. I don't. I don't. I realize that. I'm being, I'm being a little more introspective in 2023. So no, I, I, re- I realize I can't do it without your support. Well, so all we right. just had a moment. How I about, think that's called. How about that clarity? A moment of clarity. <laughs> Exactly. So it's well, good. where should we go first? Then where uh, are we going? Uh, well, nobody cares. Do we even care about this question? The World Cup's going on, man. The World the Cup. World Cup. So the U.S. lost. Uh, I mean, tied. Well, they 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 tied, but they lost. Um, they uh, to Wales yesterday. They were winning one zero, and then gave up a a goal in the 79th minute. Uh, so which forged the tie. So now they have a make or break game against England, which I fear that they're going to get wholly crushed on uh, on Friday, unfortunately. And then it's going to come down to goal differential if they could end up beating uh, beating Iran. So um, not not looking great. But uh, do so you like the World Cup? I do. I actually do like the World Cup. Um, it, I, it's it's I liked it better in the summertime. It was kind of like that yeah. thing that was on in the summer and the bar. You'd be at like an outdoor bar at the summer and the World Cup would be on the TV and people would be into it, when, especially when the U.S. Were, was in it. But I guess it'll be a different. It's wintertime. So it's uh, indoors and Friday. Black Friday, 2 p.m., so pretty much everybody's off from work. If you're mm-hmm. not, I apologize for, for saying this, but everybody's off from work. You've just spent, like, a lot of time with people you don't really want to spend a lot of time with. Um, <laughs> and, uh, shout, shout out to my wife's family. Um, I'm just kidding. And so then Friday, the bars are going to be packed on Friday with, with this game. There's a bunch of good pubs in my area that have uh, that are so- have good soccer followings, um, a lot of expats in the area from uh, from England especially. So the England-U.S. game, on, I'm just hoping it's a close game. I don't want it to be like 3 nothing and hear all these people sing like, you know, you're, there's only one Roy Keane or whatever the stu- these English people sing when the, when whenever they win something. And so, but and, I am, I am looking forward to it. You're well immersed in the in the the world of soccer with all your friends that play and, and yeah, coaches. Yeah, a lot of coaches. Uh, a lot of my college roommates uh, played Division for, One. Played professional soccer, and uh, uh, one of them's son plays. One of them's son is was, was uh, I think uh, two two injuries away from his son at 19 years old playing on the World Cup team. So right now he he starts for the Red Bull and uh, he's a left back and he trains with the national team. So the next World Cup we look forward to him. No in the U.S. In, in the, the U.S. U- no doubt. Exactly. So the biggest thing of the World Cup before we go on to squash is uh, did you see the picture of Ronaldo and Messi playing chess on the Louis Vuitton case? No. Dude, no. seriously, it was like Should the most viral. Yeah, it's definitely the most viral thing that happened on the internet this week. Um, aside from Mustafa Sal and Diego Elias, obviously. Uh, but yeah, take a look at it. Um, it's a Louis Vuitton ad. It's them playing chess. It got from Ronaldo's Instagram thirty-four million likes. Uh, on Messi's Instagram, twenty-six million likes. So it it did not beat for an individual like. It did not what the record is for individual likes on for anything on Instagram. I feel like 110 million, right? No, 54, I, I believe, is what I looked up. And you know what it's for? No. An egg. 
Do you remember that? Like a couple years ago, somebody put up a picture of an egg on Instagram and said, see if we could set the record for most likes, and it was just a picture of an egg. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that got 54 million. But yeah, so so probably for sports-wise, it's probably the most liked Instagram post, but it's a pretty cool photo, and those guys obviously are like models. So uh, I would say the second the second biggest sports Instagram, when I played Hugh Jackman in squash and he put it on his Instagram, we got 40,017 likes. Wow. 40,000 40, so were his. Ronaldo were, and Messier, then Buckingham and he, Jackman. Yeah, he, he got 40K. I got 17 likes. So four, <laughs> together, 40. We're like Hank Aaron and his brother. You know, they hit like 790 home runs together. Hank Aaron had like 780 and his brother had like 10. Very similar to that. Very similar. D- does it get tiring, like having to sign all, all those uh, autographs <laughs> or how do you? <laughs> exactly. I, I've actually have signed an autograph, but it had nothing to do with that. Episode. But we, we'll get into that. We'll save that for another episode. All right, let's get into squash so people aren't driving off the road on their way to grandma's house. Um, we're a little late with this, but um, the big the big tournament, obviously, this past week was Singapore. Had a, a pretty solid field. on the And on the men's side, Mohamed El-Sharbagi just keeps rolling along. I mean, just, just amazing. I mean, we were ready to retire. I was ready to retire him a yeah. year ago, and he is he's he does he doesn't do anything but win. And it's not like he's cruising through these things. He had a seventy three minute semi, yeah, and he backed it up with with a win. I mean, it had, not that he's an old man by any means, but I'll tell you what, he is playing lights out. And with with Farag's injury up in the air, he, he's 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 like dominating dominating the sports world right now, the squash world for sure. So he, you got to give some credit to PJ who kind of called that. Yeah, I hate, hate to do that. PJ called it and I thought PJ, I mean, it's true. PJ knows way more about this than us. There's no question about it. And he proved it by saying that. I still, I, I think I'm, I'm just not a big Muhammad Al-Sharbagi fan. I don't dislike him. It's not like he's Greg Gaultier and I can't stand him, but I, I mean, I've just never been a huge fan of his. What? Are you going to ignore that maybe it's his uh, coaching influence? Are you going to ignore that? Or? That's, maybe that's part of it. That could definitely be part of it, that that's why I'm anti-Muhammad Al-Shirbagi, because of the Gaultier influence. But you can't you can't argue with it. 73-minute 73, 73 semi, then he beat— Diego only had thir- a 37-minute semi, and he basically had no gas left or no answers for Shirbagi in the in the final. So, And uh, on the women's side— uh, the, the the couple I, I think we outed them but since then i've seen on the internet that like everybody kind of knows they're a couple now so i hope it's true because i don't think yeah, we, I, don't, I don't think the source came from us it uh, didn't okay because yeah, we definitely broke it to some people i thought it was public knowledge i, I thought it was public knowledge too and, and in some of the photos like them arriving in singapore and then like the trophy shots they certainly looked like they were a couple but either way joel king again once again a, another win coming off her her win in in new zealand um she she had a, t- a tough uh, a tough final. I mean, she played Norel Tayeb in the final. She went 58 minutes, five games with Sabrina Sobi. So a great tournament from Sabrina. Another great tournament from Sabrina, who uh, I believe jumped up to 15th in the world this week, which I think is her top her highest rating ever, ranking ever. But uh, 58 minutes to Sabrina, and then um, Nord played uh, Amanda 47, beat Amanda 47 minutes. Amanda obviously a little heavy legged because the match of the tournament she played a a five game quarterfinal war against my girl Nayla. Nayla Gillis. That's right. I think Na- you're nailing it. Na- Nayla Gillis. Yeah, Nayla ing it. Very good, Connor. Did you mean that? Yeah, it's well done. yeah I did. Um, so she went 65 minutes in the quarter, and she didn't have a lot left in her legs uh, against Nor in the semis. And then King just marched on and, and, and beat, uh, beat Taya pretty handily in, in, in the final. So, again, with every women's tournament, as we talked about, you know, there is that slight asterisk of – there's no Cherbini, no Hamami, no Gohar, so it makes a big difference in these tournaments when when those uh, when those women don't play. But Sabrina Sobi beat Georgina Kennedy and Sarah Jane Perry in the same tournament, um, 
and we'll, we won't we won't jump the gun on this because the world teams is not till the second week of December, I think, and we'll have a little preview of that. But basically, she <laughs> bodes well for the United States making it to the finals against Egypt when our number three player, and I assume Sabrina's number three right now behind Amanda and Olivia Fichter, is beating up on the one and two from England, who are most likely either the two or three seats, depending who gets the seats. But uh, bodes well for our national team. So great tournament for the for the Sobe sisters. Shout out to them and definitely bodes well for the uh, the world teams. I mean, granted, they'll be coming up against a juggernaut in, in Egypt, but uh, but either way. But Noor has certainly gotten the, the better of Amanda the, the past couple encounters that they've had. So, yeah. um, well, it's it, it, we'll, we'll get into it again when we get to the world teams, but it's not too bad when you have Noor El Tayeb is playing four for you in the world teams, and oh she, she arguably could play number one for any team in the in the world besides Egypt, right? Arguably, of not course. rank not ranking wise, maybe because she's ranked six, and I think Amanda's ranked five, and I think right. now Joel, as of today, was ranked fourth. But I mean, gun to your head. I, I, on a, on a, in Egypt, would you would you bet against Nortelia against any anyone else but Gohar Hamami or Shabini? No. I mean, I certainly would. Yeah. So, Do but we'll see. get into that. But let's uh, let's go. Let's get to the quick controversy. Thank you, Mustafa. We asked, you listened. Uh, we asked for a, a Mustafa Sal controversy, and um, once again, uh, very very eager to please our boy Mustafa is. So thank you, Mustafa. Played he knows the, where his likes come from. <laughs> he does. He does. Nine nine in the semis. Against Diego Elias, they're playing the first game. First game was like really rough to watch, a lot of stoppages, but it came down 9-9. Let's kind of take them in, in order, possibly. First, there was a play where Diego won the point to take, I mean, I'm sorry, Mustafa won the point to take a 10-9 lead. Um, after the point ended, Elias asked for a let. After three, I think it was three to four hits, each went past where he was asking for a let. So he asked for a let in in, in retrospect so he played through the interference asked for a let and got it so and i don't think he even raised his hand or anything during the point he, he, he did it afterwards he he said yeah. that he said there was some dodgy movement which is fine there was some dodgy movement there's no question about it but i mean he played through and what if he had won the point and like rolled a nick out would he have like said no 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 i don't want to take that because we should have stopped the point so it's i mean number, i i uh texted with tamar alnagari the the referee and he said definitely a mistake on the ref's part he could have called a solve for a conduct for his movement could for his feet shuffle or whatever they're calling it but he cannot call him for a let after they play through the point and then De- elias tins the ball so uh so he kind of got robbed there going forward ne- like two rallies maybe the next rally an obvious stroke <laughs> i mean he could have t- he would have took elias's head off and the referee called it a let so again second time it looked like they the wrong calls against our boy uh uh mr assault and then finally at 10-9 yes there was a very very weird incident at the middle of the court where they kind of banged into each other and it's it's been examined like the zapruder film as far as uh Asal's reaction it looked like he reacted before contact was made but then it did look like his arm got wrapped around him so conspiracy theories abound on this one it, it's very odd to look at whether that's was, one of the few clips i did see and it seemed like there wasn't actually any contact before his hand moved. There certainly was contact after mm-hmm. the incident, but yeah, very strange. V- very, very strange. So, so it 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 was that out. the moment Asal retired. Then, he, well, he played. He put no, no. He 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 lost. So he lost eleven nine, um, lost the point eleven nine, and then came back out and they they he played five five points in game two and then couldn't swing because his arm hurt. So he then retired, but but it was a stark. And you know what? I understand how hard it is, and it makes me appreciate PJ and Joey so much more. The announcers at that tournament mm-hmm. were, were, I mean, number one, 
not, not a lot of excitement in their voices. I don't know who Paul Hornsby, I think his name is. Hornby? I don't know who he is. And Vanessa uh, Atkinson. Just, I mean, just not a lot of energy in, in the play-by-play. But, but more stark than that was they, they need a referee in that booth to explain mm. the rules because those guys didn't know the rules. They didn't know what was being called when. And if you watch an NFL broadcast now or an MLB broadcast now, they have a referee there on call in case there are any people like or the referees don't know the decision just to make it clear to the people watching why the decision is being made. And in the case of the first call against Assal, when uh, Elias asked for the lead after three, after three uh, hits when he played through the interference, if there was a referee there like Tamer who could have said, look, this is a wrong call by the referee. And that's what mm-hmm. they do on the NFL broadcast. If somebody makes a wrong call, they call it out. So yeah. I, I think it's a it I remember Lee Drew was, there were there were segments that they were going to him for that, mm. um, who's the head of the officiating for the PSA now. And I forget what is going on there, but I, I would agree. I think providing that clarity in it yeah. would be good. I, I think so. And and you know what? what? What are your thoughts, Connor, about us, the Squash TV audience, being privy to when people go to reviews or player official reviews like uh, did we hear what's going on? Do we hear the discussion? Is there any harm? Is there any question. harm? Any harm in that? I'm trying to think what other sports do. Um, they don't. NFL doesn't, anyways. Um, they don't. They don't. Yeah. They don't do it. But uh, I just think for it's such a mystery. Then there's so many it, calls that people want to discuss. They, I would think it'd be great to listen to them what they what their thoughts are while they're reviewing the call. I I don't know how much you want to see exactly how the sausage is made, but I do think clearer. What I do know from the NFL is once the, the umpires made a decision, then he'll get on the horn and say, like, there was a flag on the play because of this, da-da-da-da. So I think that clarity of understanding what just transpired and giving the summary I think is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of stoppages that occur in squash that knowledgeable fans will understand, like, oh, a racket broke. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you bring someone there that has no clue, it's like, why is the guy walking off the court? Well, so just explaining the obvious I think is always going to be – well, I, there Good. was there was and I watched squash as much as anybody. Obviously, I don't know every rule, but there was a, during uh, Amanda's match um, uh, against Tayeb, she asked for an injury break during the match, and they said no. Which I didn't, and so it, and again, Vanessa and Paul didn't explain like what the rule was. I thought like, look, if you were injured, you could take a three minute injury break regardless. Yeah, you sh- as as far as I know. So there's sometimes an incident. Well. The technical rule is the player needs to ask for an excuse to leave the court. Mm-hmm. So whether it's a racket or anything, right? Mm-hmm. An unexcused uh, absence from the court is loss of game. But yeah, I mean, technically, a self-inflicted injury, the, you should be just given that. Like, but you, you would you would have to point like, hey, I my leg is cramping. I need to get there. But she yeah, said that, she that said would, her she said her back hurt. So and, and Vanessa said, well, every player has niggly little injuries, so you can't stop the play. But isn't that I, I don't know what the rule that, again. Don't know what the rule is if there's a referee saying, hey, yes, so the rule has to be so, it has to be contributing, it has to be this, so we know. Nobody knew, and then they thought like maybe she would get yeah. it between the next game, like at the end of the game. And so it's just yeah, again, the, ambig- a lot of ambiguity which which we don't need in squash. It should be continuous play. Anything so that's the spirit of the of the match. Anything deviating from continuous play would then you'd get conduct warning or conduct game, however you want to escalate it. So yeah, I can see if I was a referee and I had no clue why you're taking a timeout, so to speak, mm-hmm. that that would be what's called a pre-existing condition, right. which in that case you wouldn't fall on it. So right. I think injury does need to occur. So interesting that Amanda would ask for it. She's been playing squash since she was two probably. Like wouldn't she know the, that she wouldn't be able to get that? 
No, no I mean, I think a lot of the... If you, if you were to actually go by the letter of the rules within the, the squash rule book, a lot of the pros don't know it. They know the spirit and mm-hmm. the essence of how to play it and what they think, but not the actual rules. It's interesting, I, right? It's same with golfers. I, They're the same way. Like they, they, they'd say, hey, you know, where do I take I'm like, you've been playing this sport your whole life. How is it possible you don't know this rule? So. Well, I mean, I, I, I unless I had my role at U.S. Squash where I had to like really make these decisions, I read right. the book you know, the rule book back forward so many times and I mm-hmm. even have to look it up. Mm-hmm. It's very different. It's a skill and yeah. we don't spend that much time developing that skill as, as players. Like we spend more time on court playing versus as a referee. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so good, great tournament and right now they've already, they're already starting the tournament in Malaysia. The first round started today actually. But before we move on from Singapore, I just want to give a uh, shout out to um, Inyao uh, Ing, Ing. I'm going to pronounce, mispronounce his name. He beat Paul Call in the tournament. But uh, mm-hmm. even before, I mean, he beat Paul Call in the second round, after beating uh, Sarav Gosal in the first round in 90 minutes, 12 11-4, 9-11, 14-12, 90 minutes long, and he backed that up by beating Paul Call. Then he, lo- he beat Paul Call 3-1 to and in 60 minutes, and then he played Macon in the quarters and went 65 minutes with Macon. <laughs> That's not amazing. It's a lot, I mean, lot, lot of court time. Disappointed in Paul Call. Granted, he lost, but then after he lost, saying, oh, I wasn't at my best. I didn't feel good. I had to take painkillers just to get on court. Never, never a fan of that. Look, if you, if you could get on court, if you, if you could play, you could play. Don't want to hear excuses afterwards, Paul. That, that's just me. But I a little. And what, let's, give, let's give him a little credit. He just played a 90-minute match against Sarov in the first round. And so, you know, give him some credit for beating you. Uh, I mean, what an incredible performance. And like you said, to back it up um, each time. Is, is well done but that also reminds me you remember john flanagan yeah uh, he yeah. had a great old, he old, some old guy who works at the u club <laughs> oh sorry john <laughs> he has so many great expressions but one of them he goes you know what connor i've never beaten anyone that wasn't sick tired or injured <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the case absolutely that's a, that is a great a great saying a great saying so other tournament happened last week was in london uh, it was a woman's 12k and a men's 20k and this jumped out at me because I've seen a lot of these lately. When when they do these men's and women's 20K, 12K at the same places, why, why isn't equal prize money f- for those? The draws are the same. And I thought equal prize money was pretty much a thing across the board, but it doesn't seem to be in these uh, tournaments that are sub subs like gold gold tournaments or silver tournaments. Ultimately, it's at the discretion of the, the promoters, right? For sure. And um, sometimes it can be if you're, if you're adding on an event for the first time, mm-hmm. then having to raise all that extra money is a little bit too far for let's say the promoter or the committee to get it done so yeah it's it's just i mean i've seen it every time it's always the men's events 20k or 30k and the women's events less and that doesn't seem right to me especially when you look at the at the draws when you look at the quality of the draws the 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 ranking of the women's players are just pretty much on par with the rankings of the men's players yeah i completely agree and i think that is starting to certainly in the u.s that is not occurring if you look at the U.S. Open, you look at Windy City Open, even Squash on Fire here in D.C., they, out of the gates, they're like, we need to make this parity. You know, other places, it's a core pillar of the PSA to try and strive for parity. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, ultimately, it's the promoter that has that discretion. And Yeah. It, yeah, it's shout, tough. Shout out BJK, 70, turned 79 today, by the way. Is that right? Oh, yeah, 79. Exactly. Wow, she... So. She is. Yeah, I can't believe she's seventy nine. Ageless. I mean, still, still playing. Wow. still playing tennis and whatnot. So in that tournament, she, she has more energy than I do. Uh, well, Connor, I mean, come on. There's dead people who have more energy. <laughs> exactly. There's literally people who are dead have more energy than you do. So, no, no offense to those dead people. Um, 
I, I Thanks, dro- Bill. I, I drove for four and a half days and I couldn't I couldn't speak in a microphone. I'm done. I'm I, out. I'm I out. I couldn't speak in a microphone on Sunday and I was too tired. <laughs> Come on. Seriously? <laughs> um, okay. So uh, uh, Ali Abu Adnan uh, from Penn, UPenn graduate, uh, won his second PSA event uh, in London. Um James Wolstrap was the one seed there, actually, and lost in lost in the second in the first round, actually. So, but uh, the story of that tournament again, and that's what jumped out to, at me about the 12k level was uh, Hannah Motaz from uh, from Har- the Harvard alum from Egypt won her fourth event already this year, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. And she, I mean, she did not cruise in this event at all. 57 minute semi over Yale alum Millie Tomlinson, 11-9 in the fifth. <laughs> which is which is unbelievable, and then she uh, went against Georgia Adderley, fifty eight minutes, beat her eighteen sixteen in the fourth. So yeah, I mean, just an, another great tournament by by Hannah, and I, I think she, it reminds me a little of remember two thousand nineteen, right before the pandemic, when Sabrina went on that run where she mm-hmm. was playing these satellite events and basically winning every one of them, and it kind of catapulted her where she was able then to go play the bigger events. And so I don't think it'll be long before uh, we see Hana playing. I, I, I'm pretty sure she's playing Hong Kong anyways, but uh, before she's a regular on the uh, on the bigger events of the Silver Gold and, and Platinum events on the PSA Tour, her results this year alone have just been outstanding. So and, and I'm a big fan of watching her play. If if I mean, maybe Rob, this could be a Rob Owen project right here. Hey, Rob, if you, I know you're a big listener. If you could teach Hana how to move a little better, I think she'd be a force on the PSA tour on the women's side. So just uh, a, a project for you, maybe. Can you add, imagine in your free time? In your free time, because obviously Paul Call, you know, you're not keeping him fit because he's like he can't, he's sick. He can't, he can't beat like Yin Yang now anymore. Come on, come on, Rob. Yeah, the 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 with a, a run like that, the rankings are certainly going to catch up. You know, it takes it takes a while for your your average to come on fully on. Right. Um, right. Well, one thing because you mentioned James Wilstrop in a headline that was he's actually added a new position. Really, Speaking of new positions, yeah. So he's he's on the coaching staff at the University of Nottingham in England. Really, mm-hmm. and what this is, um, America leads the pack by by ten x of like the how robust the college squash scene is. But England is trying to follow suit. So they even say like we're trying to catch up to the US and trying to make this a meaningful collegiate experience because college or college sports in in Europe well outside the US it really isn't as meaningful. And so they're trying to bring that up and Bringing on a star person like James Wilstrop is really going to bolster their team. Yeah, I mean, if, if so, I know archery is the big sport at that school, so maybe squash will uh, will take over. <laughs> it's a little little Robin Hood, that, jo- little that's, Robin that's Hood joke for you guys. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, for, that, thanks. Was, that was good. That <laughs> took me a hot second. I was like, "How does Bill?" Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right, so let's finish up, uh, make this, uh, get get people on their way for the holidays. Um, the CSA, uh, College Squash Association, our, our favorite uh, our favorite association, uh, Connor, Connor and I's favorite association. Not a, not a huge week for them. The big guns played, but pretty much rolled through their matches. A lot of nine zeros, a lot of three zeros within those nine zeros. So we decided to focus on a team in the middle of the pack. It looks like they're making some some strides up up their rankings. And um, we'll give we'll give a big shout out to a guy who you and I both know well, Pat Kosker from uh, William Smith. Um, his women's team not easy to do. Those those schools they pack their, they pack their matches in right. So you're playing twice a weekend, and sometimes if it's like Trinity going to play like Bowden or somebody like that, you're winning nine zero. You're not really killing yourself. So, but this is back to back playing uh, Williams and Amherst 
and won both matches 5-4 and a lot of 3-2 matches, 3-3-2 matches against Amherst. I believe it was 2-2-3-2 two, two matches against Williams. But what, what struck me is the balance of the lineup for William Smith. Not very top-heavy, not very bottom-heavy. Against Williams, won at 1-2-4-5-7. And, and against Amherst, 1-3-7-8-9. Um, uh, and also a shout-out, the first time that the, William Smith has beaten Amherst since 2007. <laughs> Hmm. So, so when we first met Connor, 2007, yeah. it seems like forever ago, right? It, 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 it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the wrinkles to prove it. Yeah. All right. So, well, is- and on the men's side, um, so Hobart, which is what he coaches, the, mm-hmm. the different name, and he's had some narrow losses there, 5-4 to Amherst and 6-3 yeah. to Williams, both which are good programs. So Yeah, yeah, he's I, – I, I, talked a bit with him telling him that we were going to talk about his program today just asking him uh what he's looking forward to and as he said he, he gave as he even said the coaches the coaches speak of you know taking it one match at a time enjoying enjoying their time together but then he said they're trying not to focus on the rankings but he said the men want to win the c division in in college squash and the women want to win the b flight that is their ultimate goal so wow and you know what it looks like it's you know if uh if his early results are any harbinger of things to come it looks like uh, he's heading that path but either way it looks like he's doing a great job up there it's his third year up there after a long tenure at Bates so we wish him nothing but the best and uh again looking forward to more uh more great college squash the first weekend of December there's some great matches so we'll uh we'll follow up with them when we when we get on the uh, our normal Sunday night routine now that you've uh, landed in DC Connor yeah excited to be here so are we gonna is that a wrap I think we're that's end a, the pod I, I think we're gonna wrap it up because it's uh we're, we're right at 30 minutes we'll edit it down yeah. and that way it'll be nice when people get hop in their car and uh, want to catch up on squash and just know we apologize for being a couple days late Connor yeah but we still wanted to get it in the books I thought it was important to yeah yeah well I had, I, I had done a lot of research so just know that and I, I hate I hate to hate to have that go to waste exactly um oh um well we did get some listener feedback or suggestion. And uh, you are taken under review, and uh, you know this is about adding a correspondent. Oh yes, we're interviewing. Uh, interviewing. If if you you know send your resume, send your you know go on LinkedIn and uh, send your resume or whatever people do to get jobs. Squash these days. radio at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, our SDA correspondent. Um, we're, we we do have it whittled down to just a few candidates, but uh, looking forward. Because it was a quiet search. For yeah, right now. very very quiet. It's very quiet search. Oh, quiet like the library at the university club, like that quiet. So just to, just to give you an idea of uh, of the seriousness of our search for an SDA correspondent, because there are people, the the crowd is shouting out for SDA rundown. So we give SDA. give the people what they want. Give the people SDA. what they want. So so uh, look yeah. forward to that. Uh, maybe next week we'll what we'll do is we'll bring our correspondent on and just introduce him. Uh, I I know there's um I think the Briggs Cup or something is the week of the eighth. So maybe if we get him prepped up and ready to go, maybe he'll be able to cover that. Yeah, so, exactly. So look forward to it. All right, Connor. Have right. a happy Thanksgiving. Um, look forward to seeing you again on uh, on Sunday night, and we could uh, recap the the Malaysian Open. It's uh, it, it, not not a lot of CSA going on this weekend. So and, well, at least the World Cup will have more results. Oh, ooh, ooh. by then, uh, we uh, it might be coming home by then. Is that what England people say? It's coming home. <laughs> I forget. All right, Connor. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. See ya. See it. Bye. Thanks for listening to another show on SQR Squash Radio. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen. And we have a quick ask. In an effort to help us grow, if you have a quick minute, please consider sharing an episode with a friend who might be interested or leaving a rating on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. It would mean a lot to me 
and the rest of the team. Thanks so much and have a great day.